Hi, I'm Michael G. Williams, and welcome to Social Distancing Radio. I'm a novelist, and a reader and friend asked if I would read from my work as something they might find comforting and familiar amidst the uncertainty and anxiety we're experiencing from multiple sources in 2020. As of this opening, I've read Perishables, the first book of my five-book vampire and urban fantasy series, The Withrow Chronicles, published by Falstaff Books, aka falstaffbooks.com. If you'd like to pick up a copy for yourself, head over to bit.ly, that's bit.ly, slash perishables link. Now I'm reading from my short stories and other works, and occasionally I'll invite on a writer friend for special episodes called Public Domain Radio. Thanks for listening. Okay, let's get back to it. I am going to have a sip of reading wine, which this time I will not call drinking wine. Okay, let's dive right back in to his shrine to Santa Muerte. Except I'm going to wait for that noise to stop. Okay, let's dive right back in to his shrine to Santa Muerte. Maria. Lorraine said the girl's name with the practiced calm of a mother. Stay there. It was too late. Maria half crept and half sprinted into the room, jogging on tiptoes, not sure whether she needed stealth or speed. She spared Grant a half glance. Hey, Grant, she said in exactly the same way she'd said it a hundred times before his death. Lorraine, Warren and I thought we heard someone talking in the back, and I swear I smell someone cooking bacon. Is it? She paused, something tugging at the back of her mind, but she went on. Well, this is crazy, but is it possible we're not the only group who does this? With a twirl of one finger, she indicated their entire history of trespass in the name of book-based magic. Lorraine had a look she wore whenever the gears of her mind started to spin. Everyone else in the group knew that look. It meant a powerful insight was being formed. Did you say you smelled someone cooking? Maria started to nod, but her eyes drifted back towards what was very clearly Grant. Dead Grant. The Grant whom they'd come to memorialize. The Grant at whose grave Maria had left the borrowed copy of Ringworld she didn't have a chance to return before he died. His mute, insubstantial, unseeing form turned toward Maria and edged forward a few inches. The girl's mouth opened to say something, But a scream was all that came out, slicing the quiet calm of the library like a knife through dark silk. Running feet came towards them from elsewhere. The space wasn't that big, and in ten seconds Warren had appeared in the door. He stopped the moment he saw Grant's ghost standing there. Lorraine looked at him for a moment. It seems, she said mildly, we have a situation to deal with. Did his grimoire do this? Warren nodded at the book in her hands. Lorraine gazed down at the journal in question before glancing momentarily at Grant's spirit. He stood silent still, unseeing, unmoving. He didn't turn toward one or the other as they spoke. He was simply a ghostly sentry in a building to a ghostly sentry in a building to which they'd never gone before. The sort of overwhelming intrusion it's easy to undersell using few words. What a perfectly nice room, for instance, if it weren't for the mutilated ghost standing in the middle. 
I'm not sure it's the book in particular, Lorraine said, but there's obviously something going on. Warren ran a hand through his hair. Wow, he said. This is... This is freaky. Fumbling around in his messenger bag, he produced a brand new journal and a pen. I kind of feel like maybe I should be writing this down. Lorraine turned her mind toward the way things felt, waiting for the intuition she always hoped for in moments like these. Magic is tricky. There's a reason it isn't conducted like science, despite both trying to answer the questions in life that start with why and how. Where science is a dignified waltz in three-quarter time, magic is an improvised saxophone solo, all gut checks and synchronicities. Magic is as often about perceiving as it is about doing, and there is no one true way to get results. Science gives you what it gives you time and again, but magic reflects your intentions, your questions, back at you in unexpected ways. Grant's ghost didn't feel like something the book had called up from beyond the grave. Lorraine had been thinking of him, yes, and she had carried his most treasured words into a room full of his favorite kinds of books, but the book people had summoned things before. This didn't have that same texture of being something they had wrought, and it had never been this easy. The situation felt like something they had stumbled into, as though they had shown up ten minutes after the start of the movie. Auntie Anne picked her way forward around the others and spoke in her creaky little voice, addressing all of them. This place is full of dead people. She said it like she was reading a weather report. Auntie Anne's eyes fell on Grant's spirit for a long, cool moment before she turned back to Lorraine. And there's a shrine to Santa Muerte behind the reference desk. Somebody's burning candles made from human fat. This is a dark place. We need to decide whether we're going or staying. She didn't look at Grant a second time, but her tone shifted when she indicated him. Hello, Grant. She tutted to herself and shook her head. Pity about how things happened. Lorraine looked up from the blank cover of Grant's journal, her face set with determination. Let's go check out this shrine. Everyone grab a couple of books on the way. We don't have the luxury of time. The book people strode through the library without fear of detection, Lorraine at the front. The group might have preferred stealth when the violation was one of purely physical quality, but this, whatever had been done to their dead friend by whoever had done it, was a different kind of trespass. Someone had transgressed the spirit realm, and that was their turf. The book sale had taken up a large lobby and two conference rooms to either side. The library proper sprawled across countless shelves in an expansive central room beyond that lobby, running back much farther than one might expect, just glancing at the building from the road. Here and there were dimmed halogen bulbs and ceiling recesses. Elsewhere were deep shadows and thin strips of light falling between books at shelf ends, illuminating narrow snippets from posters assuring patrons it is cool to read. Halfway back, just outside a central circle of light, huddled a small counter of dark, polished wood. It hugged an outer wall apologetically, as if seeking not to interrupt. From behind it came the clear, shifting yellow of candle flames, and their noses wrinkled as one after another of the book people detected the sweet and meaty smell. In the deep recesses of the library, Lorraine thought she saw figures move amongst the shadows. Behind the desk, tucked between two large shelves, was a small teak cabinet with double doors, short claw-footed legs, and an angled lectern displaying a yellow and aged tome. 
Its thick pages were covered in dark brown handwritten notes. The book sat surrounded by lighted votive candles, most yellow, but one black. Propped above it, leaned back against the wall, was a small figurine of a skeleton in a flowing blue dress. The costume was lined in pink, and the skull had long, dark hair. In the figure's left palm was a miniature globe, and her right, a tiny scythe. Jesus, Warren said. That's the real deal. Santa Muerte. Saint Death. La Hermana Blanca, Maria breathed. The White Sister. Her voice was soft, more apprehensive than respectful. What's the significance? Lorraine gestured at the altar. What are we looking at? Maria brushed dark Latina hair from her own forehead. Mesoamerican Catholic syncretism, she said. She was trying to sound very clinical. Lorraine hoped the girl didn't think anyone was trying to hold her responsible for this by some cultural proxy. The headline version is a death cult followed by criminals in Mexico. Ethnographically, it's more complex than that. Her cult attracts people on the edge in some way. The poor, the aged, the abandoned, the homeless, the vulnerable. She is worshipped by cops in a country full of crime, by the criminals they pursue, by queer communities, by prostitutes, by the aspirational. The girl swallowed some fear and went on. She protects the outcasts, and she's generous with favors for those who show their devotion. Gold candles are for money. Maria looked away from the altar, glancing around self-consciously at the others. A trans man might burn blue for protection. A call girl might burn red to attract passion. She, it, it's been brought stateside by immigrant communities. Warren stepped around and opened the cabinet. It was so full of tiny things, trinkets, combs, a desiccated corsage. They nearly spilled out onto the floor. Lorraine turned in place, peering around the room. Grant's spirit had followed them here. He hovered at the edges of the light, silent witness to whatever might occur. Just easing into view elsewhere, Lorraine could see other figures less defined. Why would someone set this up? I mean here, in a library, rather than a graveyard or the like. Because it works. The speaker was a new voice, thin and reedy and wheezing. He emerged from the shadows of the library's stacks. His dress shirt had been white once, a long time ago, and his black tie was a little ratty. His skin was pale, almost gray. His hair was greasy and unkempt where he had tried without success countless times to comb it back into place with fingers as rough as a rasp. He looked old and withered, but entirely physical. Because she gives me what I want when I ask in the proper way. Why does anyone venerate any of the powers? The man reached up and ran sandpaper fingers over the stubble of evening. Creases wrinkled at the corners of his narrowed eyes. A scream is a terrible way to go unnoticed when breaking and entering, by the way. Now tell me who you are and why you are in my library. He paused. Or shall I wait and let you tell the police? Oh, that seems like a good place to stop for this one, too. So I'm going to go ahead and stop there, and we will pick it up next week. I know originally I said this would be a Monday through Thursday thing, and it's still a Monday through Thursday thing, and that episodes will publish on one of those days or two of those days a week. Uh, but um, that's what we're going to do. And uh, that was the full title of the story originally. That's so awesome that I managed to run into it right after 
I had just said last episode that I didn't remember what it was anymore. It was his Shrine to Santa Muerte behind the reference desk, uh, which I still really love the rhythm of. And I'm still really fascinated by the concept of Santa Muerte. That is a real thing that there are people who really do worship and they really do ascribe results to that veneration. And I'm not here to say that they're wrong because I have not sat in their rituals and I have not seen those results to assess for myself. My personal attitude is that I am skeptical of anything that I have not personally experienced with the caveat that I have personally experienced some very strange shit. And so I tend to take a broad approach to those sorts of beliefs and am perfectly willing to say that they are valid. I'm not here to tell anybody else not to believe in something unless that something is really bad for the other people in their life. And uh, there are plenty of people for whom the veneration of Santa Muerte is probably not a great or healthy thing. And there are plenty of people for whom it is the only thing they have available to them or the thing that has by far produced the best results. And I just find her a fascinating phenomenon and I have nothing but respect for people who go and find what they need to do with their spiritual lives as somebody who went and found what he needed to do at a certain point in his life. Well, that was a lot of rambling. Uh, anyway, thanks for listening and we'll catch back up with the book people next time. I'm going to have more of this reading wine, although I guess now it is drinking wine since I'm not reading. Thanks for listening. This podcast is released under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. The theme music is Bucked Contemporary Boom by Kara Square, available under a Creative Commons Attribution License at ccmixter.org.